0: Hello, Alex from Scrimba here. You are listening to a recording of one of our weekly fireside chats here at Scrimba. In a nutshell, we sit around an imaginary campfire and have real conversations about learning to code and how to land your first junior developer job. We bring out the imaginary kindling every Tuesday, and while we hope you enjoy this recording, we would much prefer to see you there live, because when you attend live you get to participate in the chat and ask us questions. To learn more about the Fireside chat, such as how to join, what exciting topics are upcoming, and what specific time the event happens in your time zone, head to scrimba.com forward slash fireside. On behalf of myself, my wonderful co-host Leanne from Scrimber and everybody else on the Scrimber team and our occasional guests here in the Fireside Chat, please enjoy this episode and remember to subscribe so that you see future episodes as well as support the show. Let's get into it! Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to another Fireside Chat. I see so many people in the text channel. What we typically talk about is anything and everything we think is going to help you become a more well-rounded developer, both in terms of your coding ability. For example, a few weeks ago, we spoke about coding bad practices and things you should avoid. And a bit of that was also about techniques and things to mistakes to avoid when learning to code so you learn efficiently um, but we also love to help you make progress in your career which I think is a lovely segue into today's topic which is how to get a junior developer job with no experience
1: which actually all three of us at some point have managed so hopefully we can share some of our insight and it's we've also gained from people we've spoken to on the podcast or the live stream um, about the same topic first thing I want to bring to the table is be quite strategic about the skills you're learning so obviously there are some things which encoders really need html css javascript probably some github or definitely some github eventually if you're wondering what else to learn outside of that in my opinion the best thing you can do is search for jobs in your area and look up what skills are they looking for and don't forget the soft skills as well and see if you need to Either improve on those or find a way of showing that you already have them. So if you check out the job ads in your area and most of them are using React, obviously it doesn't make sense to be learning Angular. That's just an example of how you can tailor your roadmap, I suppose, for the jobs that you're likely to be applying for.
0: Can I just quickly clarify per the title of the Fireside Chat, How to Get a Junior Developer Job with No Experience? Is it worth clarifying that we mean like no professional experience? So even if you haven't done any paid work yet, there are still lots of avenues to finding a job as a junior dev.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that the only way to get experience is professionally, but that's definitely not the case. And we're going to go through a few ways you can get the necessary experience to start applying for these jobs.
0: And what you're saying is to focus on specific skills.
1: Well, it's not the only thing to do, of course, but yeah. Definitely check out the job ads around you and you can certainly eliminate some skills from doing that. So if you find that none of them have, I don't know, Alpine JS, then you probably don't need to learn it just yet.
2: Definitely. If you're like me, who struggles to decide what to do, then it's a very good tactic to just narrow down like deciding one thing. Uh, But, you know, if you choose JavaScript, you definitely wouldn't be wrong. And I I would imagine that most people who are listening
0: they have chosen JavaScript. That's very good news. There's no shortage of JavaScript roles, that's for sure, especially compared Mm. to something like Alpine, as you say, Leanne. Mm. But but what you're saying is instead to, to inform your roadmap, if your goal is to be a junior developer, if your goal is to get a job as a developer, and that's what you're specifically working towards, well, find the goalpost, go to these job ad websites, look for the skills they are hiring for, and based on which a either interesting to you, but also desirable, they are the things you should prioritize. So if the jobs are all looking for React in your area, maybe because some people will be searching for jobs in their local area, others perhaps remotely, but regardless, um, you want to sort of look at what the job ads are looking for and then start to build your skills so you are an attractive candidate in the job market.
1: And it can be even more specific than that maybe you've got a particular company in mind that you want to work for check out the job openings they've got now maybe you don't have the skills just yet but you can certainly then change your roadmap so you're working towards that
0: tj in the chat is asking if we could speak to the different titles for the same role um for example engineer versus developer versus web design uh tj mentioned that from the specific job descriptions they can all have quite similar requirements begging the question what they're all about what do you think
1: i think engineer and developer are often used interchangeably really design is slightly different you've got jobs which are just designing you've got jobs which are coding and designing so that's where the distinction can be there basically the way i'm supposed to tell is just look at the skills they're asking for and if you find that they're all kind of similar then basically they're the same job Michael, you've had a few of these different roles, haven't you? But essentially it was doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, Coming up with the title for a job is really, really hard sometimes. Yeah, there are a lot of different things at play because it's like it depends on the it depends who's coming up with the name, what the job actually is supposed to do, you know, who your manager is. Maybe your manager doesn't feel like that job is. Maybe they just don't want to call these things engineer for whatever reason. So they would prefer developer. There are all sorts of different reasons but to be honest most of them software engineer, software developer, software code writer I would imagine or programmer, I've seen those as well uh, basically, they are all the same roles, and it's all really about the description that they list. If you take off a couple of boxes from the job description, I think it's good to apply. Yeah.
0: The best answer I could offer is that I've interviewed people on the Scrimba podcast, successful developers, and I've asked them a similar question. And they literally look at me and say, You know, I did a job last year, the title was developer. I joined another company, they call the exact same thing an engineer. So in other words, it is kinda of arbitrary. I think there are some like nuanced conversations. Like some people suggest that an engineer is is more similar to like a rocket engineer or something and that you're creating the fundamental tools. So we as front-end web developers might use React and um, languages like JavaScript, some people kind of suggest for the engineers are the people who are doing the more like nitty gritty building the tools type of thing, like building the database engine, building the frameworks. Um, there's absolutely no clear definition. And I think it normally just leads in the community to, to gatekeeping and suggesting one is better than the other. Um, as far as jobs are concerned, I think you, as you say, Leanne, just have to look at the descriptions and see what what it's all about.
1: And I think people writing these job ads don't always know what this distinction is.
0: Carla asked how do you know when you're ready to apply for a role with no experience? I usually say as soon as you ask that question
2: it feels like you're probably ready to to apply but a lot of people doubt themselves a bit too much so I think the sooner you begin the better because you will have enough time to make enough mistakes to then be able to carry yourself uh, like by the time when you are properly ready, truly 100% ready, you will have had enough experience interviewing to just jump onto the role and smash the interview and get a very quick reply and just get hired straight away, which otherwise you wouldn't have had that experience if you haven't the experience interviewing.
0: I've heard of some rules of fun, like if you can find your favorite website, maybe it's a landing page for a product, for example, If you feel comfortable recreating it in HTML and CSS, assuming that you're specifically interested in friends and web development, that could be a good way to increase your confidence that you're ready. Um, But as you say, Michael, I think there will never be a time where you truly feel ready unless you've waited far too long and then you start to regret not doing it sooner. And so the most effective, but honestly difficult advice to follow is challenging is to just start applying as you as you start to wonder, as you say, Michael, that's a great great point. If you're starting to wonder if you're ready, maybe now's the time to start looking at the job descriptions, matching your skills to them. And yeah, apply, because the worst that can happen is that they don't get back to you the best thing that can happen is that they are impressed with your skills and you get a job and the second best thing that can happen is that they will identify your weak spots and yeah they will tell you if you're ready isn't it it's kind of like going to the doctor like if you think something's wrong some people like procrastinate going to the doctor because they're scared of the bad news but they're the only person who can tell you if you've got something wrong with you to be honest the only Mm. person who can really tell you if you're ready for the job is an employer and you kind of have to push your comfort zone is that a good way of thinking about it that kind of analogy
2: yeah i mean in. the way isn't that on the interviewers to tell if someone is ready or not you yourself probably do not know unless someone tells you no. And in that case, you're not ready for that job. So you just interview for another one. If they say yes, then you are ready for that job.
0: Well qualified. Yeah, like that job. Exactly. Um, Because, you know, there are some things which are very objective. Like if you're going to become a lawyer, you have to pass a bar exam. That's when you're ready and it's universally recognized or at least in a specific area or country. As a developer, many many people can, you know, I could hire a developer tomorrow um, for just say, a silly number like 10 pounds an hour or something and and it doesn't mean that like I'm a good person to judge your ability <laughs> it just means that I'm hiring and so in that vein I think you have to remember that even if you do not hear back or if you do not succeed it might not be a reflection of you but at the end of the day if you apply for the jobs you want it's kind of the only way to actually get started even though it's difficult absolutely Stoyan asked, how to distinguish a good and serious company from a bad one, what are the red flags that we have to keep an eye for? So great question, what do you think guys?
1: Firstly, looking at their website or their product, what it is they make, some recruiters don't reveal the company you're gonna interview for, which kind of prevents you doing that. So avoid that, I would say. Um, Also, if you get to the interview stage, make sure you get a good feel for what's going on in the office. So that might be a bit difficult now because perhaps you'll be um, interviewing remotely. But even then you can sort of ask questions about what the dynamics like and if they spend time together outside of work and so on and so forth. And really ask yourself if you feel like you're going to be a good fit into that culture. For example, if they like going out, I don't know, singing karaoke every Friday, but you're more of a club kind of person then maybe you should keep looking and find one that fits you a bit better
0: that that cultural oops yeah it's very good it's
2: a very good question like uh, there is a very important part about uh, culture fit but Mm -hmm. like truly red 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 flags that i can think of it's like if they want you to pay for an interview definitely run away that's not that's a scam
1: pay for an interview
2: yeah (laughs) sometimes people would say like uh, if you want to but to interview for a company or something or it's like a recruitment fee uh something or they they can basically try to like portray it as something innocuous but yeah like a recruitment fee or like to be added to our database uh you know pay us some money basically you as a candidate do not pay for anything like you Mm. will get hired and then you get paid salary uh so if someone asks you to pay for something then (sighs) it's probably yeah that's a red flag Although, I have to caveat that... I mean, even probably if they pay for your visa or something, you still probably wouldn't have to pay any fees or anything no. um, but it would like if you really have to pay for something like a visa or like train tickets or something for like interview in the visa center then they probably would it would probably be written on an official website and stuff so it wouldn't be on theirs mm.
1: I think another one is trying to talk you down in terms of salary or insisting that you tell them what your current salary is They don't need to know that. Don't reveal that to them. Just say what you can say is you're not allowed to tell anyone because your company forbids it. Or you can just say you're not comfortable revealing it because the only real reason they want to know that is so they can negotiate you down. And I don't think that's fair. So don't blink first.
0: That's very good advice. Yeah. And to that question, the person with whom employers and car dealers hate to negotiate with the most are people who are educated. Educated about the price range, or salary range, sorry, for an employer or the price range for a car in the case of a car dealership. If you do your homework and figure out the market rates based on things like your experience as well as your um, area and the job title and things like that, using Glassdoor, reaching into your network, I think then you can say something in response to that question like, hey, my, my expectations are in line. Uh, with the market rate for this role, which I believe to be. And then you can give a, a broad range if they really push you.
1: Yeah, definitely. You can give your expectations, that's reasonable. But they don't need to know what you're currently earning. Because especially if it's your first developer job, it's completely irrelevant anyway.
0: There are probably some like intuitive red flags. like If they make you pay, that's like definitely very, very bad. Um, or if they make you do something illegal, for example, Like I'm not sure whether where, where the common sense kicks in and then just maybe genuine, subtle red flags um, begin. But I think that if I was looking for a junior developer job, I would be very concerned if they were only looking for someone to code for cheap. I think a lot, not a lot, I don't mean to create like a scary picture of the world out there because there are a lot of amazing companies. I do think that there are types of companies who perhaps don't really get development through and through or they're very resource constraints. And they think, oh, we'll bring in juniors to like do the job because they're cheap and we can kind of crack the whip a little bit. And it's quite, it's quite a horrible thing to say, right? But it, it, it does exist out there. And a really great way to sidestep that is during the initial call or during the interview process or even by gauging the job ad, You know, what do they offer you aside from salary? Like do they offer you mentorship and growth opportunities? Is there a good ratio you wouldn't go to university and pay a huge tuition to have one teacher speak to 200 students. Like to, you know, only one one to 200 student ratio is insane. There should be like a good senior to junior developer ratio so that you can get the help when you need it. And I, I would also say that if you're the type of person who is a bit more anxious or a bit concerned and, and worried about, the kind of red flags out there and things like that they're good to know definitely it's just to say that like you know you can trust your guts like if you go somewhere and it doesn't feel right it probably isn't right if you go somewhere you have a chat and it feels like it went well and you can reason with yourself that even, you know, you got along with the person, they made you feel comfortable. I'm sure you'll always feel like you could have done a bit better in the technical part. I think we all feel like that. You can, you can rely on your gut, basically. And that's, again, a decision. You don't have to make the decision whether you take the job or not until much later on in the process. So, so it shouldn't really stop you from getting started, in my opinion, which is the most important thing.
1: There's one question I had a while ago from Gabe Deaf saying, one big part of getting the job itself is passing the interview. Uh, can you talk about what you expect from a front end developer, and uh, how annoying companies make devs learn unnecessary algorithms. And then Code Me, Kathy also says, I seem to crumble like a deer in the headlights, uh, resulting in a crash and burn during the technical interview. Um, so, what advice can we give people about the technical interviews and dealing with nerves? And also, do we really need to know algorithms? What's your experience of that, Michael?
2: Uh, I would say that generally, I actually never interviewed uh for a company well okay so i've never been as seriously considered for a company the uh interviews with algorithms it was probably just due to due to my location and then like life uh circumstances normally like uh really big tech companies love doing that and mm. i never really tried to even like apply for them i've applied literally for a couple uh had an interview but i had to pull out because like we decided not to relocate into the area and so on but apart from that, there are still plenty of companies that wouldn't make you go through, you know, reverse and link list interview question and stuff. And uh, you're
1: a backend dev as well. So I think for front-end, there's even less chance that you Yeah, you definitely need it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like There are definitely some algorithms that would be quite helpful for uh, front-end developers, like knowing about trees in general, like tree data structures, because uh, effectively your HTML DOM is, is a tree. Uh, but on the other hand, for absolute most... It, it's useful to know about them, uh, but if the company grills you on it, it usually means that either they have really bad hiring practices or it means that they pay really, really, really a lot. So unfortunately, there is really only one way to find out, and that is get through that interview. And then like if they offer you very little money, then probably you're like, mm, OK, maybe I should look elsewhere. Uh, but obviously, you know, if they offer you a lot, then it's up to you whether you want to put up with it or not. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And how about dealing with kind of nerves and things for the technical interview? Have you got any tips for that?
2: Unfortunately, I don't think there is. Uh, maybe someone else would, would chip in on something. Um, the only way I overcame my nerves is that I have interviewed at a lot of companies early on in my career.
1: I was going mean, to say practice makes perfect.
2: Yeah, I have interviewed, I don't know, maybe 50, 50, 60 different companies like in the first two years is just to get that practice, you know, just to see what's up there, what happens. And yeah, and that's kind of how I, for myself, dispelled the myth about uh, you have to know the algorithms to get a job. Uh, To be honest, a lot of the jobs that I've interviewed for didn't even ask me to write it in code. A lot of them is just literally you sit down, you have a chat, and then they offer you a job. That's it. So companies like that exist too.
1: Great. Tom made a good point earlier, which applies here. I think people sometimes suffer... Uh, from a kind of guilt that they're wasting companies time if they apply prematurely But you have to put yourself first and if they don't like your application they'll get over it and maybe they will like it yeah and if they do like it then you've actually saved some time basically go for it
0: i'll just add with regards to the algorithmic and data structure type interview questions that it's quite difficult to get your first job as a junior dev i mean if it was Easy, everybody would do it, it's a worthwhile challenge. Um, But it's also quite hard for companies to hire people and measure their ability in a reasonable period of time. And I think that hiring practices are evolving, especially as the demand for developers increases and the supply of self-taught developers increases also. If you go to university and you get a computer science degree, you're going to likely via the curriculum, learn things like data structures and algorithms. Um, And so if you then go to a job interview, they will ask you those questions almost like a test of how well you did at university regardless of your degree. Um, It's also a very kind of good starting point for you to demonstrate your ability to talk about code and explain your understanding. I think it's a little bit archaic, especially for front-end web developer jobs. Um, I've, You know, this question comes up a lot, actually. I'm wondering how many companies actually do these kind of like you know, whiteboard interview type questions these days. I think it's far less than people think. I really do. Um, I think it's becoming a lot more common to, for example, have a take home task. The really good companies will compensate you for that as well, for your time and the opportunity cost. so yeah, like, it might not be something to worry about and I just wanted to explain the origin of it a little bit. I think it made a lot more sense in a world where people are mostly coming through the computer science routes. And yeah, to be honest, like this is something that companies like Google are well known for and I can kind of understand why Google would do it because they build such unique software basically. Um, you know, We as front-end web developers, we can rely on libraries built into the browser. We can rely on NPM modules if you've got as far as installing things like React because they are libraries that have been built to solve a problem that most developers suffer from when you're doing quite innovative, unique projects like a companies such as Google, um, you can't install the module, right? No one's built it yet. And so you really need to get into the nitty gritty and implement some of these things yourself. And so it might have even made sense for certain jobs at Google. And then lots of other companies see that Google are doing this, but like, oh, Google are a really successful company. They have the best engineers on the planet. We should adopt their kind of interview processes and questions. And and it's kind of not really that logical, is it? Just because Google do it, everybody else does. Um, So yeah, I hope that's interesting.
2: Yeah, and also they have a lot of companies have a problem of not having enough developers, while Google and a lot of big tech companies have the reverse problem of having too many candidates. So their hiring practices are much more conservative because they want to filter out as many candidates as possible, you know, to be able to hire like a handful, while most tech companies they want to hire as many people as they can uh, because it's really quite hard to come by uh, a candidate that people would be happy with, it because it's not just about your technical skills, but also about your cultural fit.
1: Aman asks, is it okay to start with a low paying job or internship just to get the work experience or should we wait for a better offer? My view is as long as it's short term, I think it's okay to do that. If they want to sign you up on a kind of permanent basis, then that to me seems a little bit suspect. But one of the things we were going to talk about was volunteering your skills. So, for example, if you've got an uncle who's a baker, maybe you could make a website for the bakery. Or a cousin who's a dog walker, maybe you can make a dog walking website for them. Or scratch your own itch. So if there's something you need, uh, for example, if you wish you could catalogue all your balls of yarn, or you want to start a book club, why not build sites for them? So all of this experience, even though you're not, getting directly paid for it and I think it's a similar thing with low-paying job and an internship and really a junior developer job is low-paying compared to more senior roles so in summary I think as long as there's you're going to learn enough from it and not just kind of be stuck in not earning what you truly deserve then why not? Also depends on your skills, though. If you've already got really amazing skills, like I know quite a lot of Scrimba students have, then maybe you don't need to be an intern or a junior. Maybe you can just go straight to the mid level. You Really need to find out what your skills are worth.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I can kind of relate to this question as well, and I agree that it's. If you if you can, you probably can go for an interview for an internship. But if you can't it's really dependent on your circumstances like for example when i was looking for my first job there is no way that we could have afforded for for me to go on uh, unpaid role so i was kind of just forced to apply only for junior role and maybe it has made it a little bit longer but then yeah it's kind of a balance that you have to
1: there was a question earlier i can't find it now so it was a while ago but um someone asked what kind of tasks can a junior developer be expected to do and I think that's kind of sort of ties into what we're saying because what it should not be is expected to do what everyone else does but on the cheap which is kind of I think Alex said that earlier but Mm. should we talk a bit about what you should expect to be doing as a junior developer?
2: Yeah I would say uh, uh, like trying to remember my junior role uh, pretty much expected to be pairing up on things and learning a lot Uh, so it's probably okay if you are not quite up to speed. Uh, it, it's okay to like take six months or something to get comfortable with tech stack and uh, the product and so on. Uh, so yeah, it takes it takes a while. I think uh, on average, I've read somewhere that it takes about between a year and two years to kind of graduate into mid level role. So yeah, your first and second year will basically you be learning. Uh, diving deeper into the stack, uh, learning things that you haven't covered before. Like, for example, if you get a job as a front-end role, as a junior front-end engineer, it's quite likely that depending on your company, maybe you will need to you know work a little bit with the back-end. Uh, maybe you will learn a little bit about SQL. Uh, you will expand on your skills about uh, CSS and so on. And also, you will definitely be much more um, product-focused. So things like business priorities, uh, customers, uh, project management, they will become a little bit more for, on the far front. Uh, so covering common sense business processes and so on will become a little bit more useful. So this is where if you switch your careers from uh, some existing job and you're switching into tech, this is where you have a natural leg of a graduate of a, from a CES degree because when you just graduate university, you don't have any work experience apart from your internships. But if you switch into tech, then you have this whole vast experience with business side of things that you can already base on. So, you know, you you only need to learn the tech while a lot of graduates need to learn the tech and business side. Um, so, but as a developer, you will be expected to pick up on uh, learning a lot of tech, uh, learn a lot of specific tech to that company and then uh, try to help The company with a business so that's where you will bring most value.
1: Alana's asked if you put your web dev projects meaning the weekly web dev challenge on your portfolio is it okay to link to the github code or should you leave that out for something to talk through in the interview so they don't steal your code for one of their projects i would say more code you show off on your github the better there is a chance they will want to start the social media for cats site and steal your code that could happen however I suppose you've got it documented that it was actually your code first so you could sue them if it really came down to it. But in all seriousness, the more code you show off to potential employers and recruiters, the better, is my view. Yeah,
0: definitely. I just just wanted to go back to something earlier that I forgot to, to talk about. You said about recruiters, when we talked about red flags, you said about recruiters reaching out but not telling you the company. Do you know why that is?
2: I remember asking a couple and the main reasons given where they don't want you to know in the name of the company and then just applying straight on their website because in that case they get the commission.
0: That's exactly right. Like they just don't want you to sidestep them. (laughs) Silly, isn't it?
2: And to be fair, actually, I had a couple of situations when I've been approached by a recruiter and I had to reject going ahead with them because I have applied for that company myself already. No way. Yeah. Basically, the job description sounded really familiar. So I had to kind of cajole them into telling me the name of the company because I was was saying that it sounds very familiar as if I already applied for it. Uh, But they Mm -hmm. still didn't want to tell me the name because they were afraid that I'm trying to like sidestep them and apply myself.
1: It can also be more sinister than that though. Like that time when they wouldn't tell you and when you eventually found out in the interview it's because the CEO had been arrested for something (laughs) awful uh, and they were rebranding.
2: Yes, yeah. so yeah. watch that's out for that one. <laughs> yeah, there was a very public scandal with the company in in the news, and they basically tried to keep the name of the company like on the low while the u k branch was rebranding, yeah oh Awkward.
0: God, that's crazy. One question from Aslam in the chat who asks, what do you think about CMS tools like WordPress and Squarespace in terms of listing them or working on them to become a junior developer?
1: Well, I know that lots of sites use WordPress, so I don't think it would hurt you.
2: Yeah, we have a lot of uh, members of the community who actually got the jobs with uh, WordPress and the various CMSs. I I personally never worked with them professionally, but that could just be... Yeah, that could just be my my side of things. To be honest, I haven't worked with most tech, so...
0: I think that WordPress gets a bad rap in general and websites like Squarespace and Wix, they kind of imply that you're not doing quote unquote real coding or something. And to be honest, if all you're doing in Squarespace is dragging templates and things, I think that's kind of related experience, but probably not the thing you should highlight on your CV. Even if there is some value there, right, it might just make the recruiter think, oh, they've got the wrong idea. This isn't a Squarespace job, it's a coding job. Um, But When it comes to WordPress, yes, it's a CMS and non-technical people can use it, but that's only true because there is a humongous community of developers building plugins for WordPress using PHP, and likewise, most companies as they grow or evolve their website, they start hiring people to write extra code on top of WordPress using their APIs. And this is gonna become even more of a trend going forward because WordPress have created something called a headless CMS, which means that, um, gosh, I'm not sure if I should go into this in too much detail, but it's just to say that if your goal is to build like a blog and you wanna code it all yourself and have a totally custom front end, you kind of also need to code a way for people to write the post and add tags and you know add additional data and stuff like that and that's a big task but honestly it's been done so many times before so you use wordpress as like a database and an editor and then just like there's like a recipe what, what kind of api do we have in the frontend career path right now um in bob's react courses
1: there's one with a game called War. I
0: think Sure. In, in any case, like when you call those APIs, you get the response back. And so WordPress is like a really attractive tool for developers these days. Um, and just one last anecdote, which is that I interviewed someone named Dan on the podcast last week. He's a Scrimba user who was following the front-end career path, only learning JavaScript. He found a job. And they sent him like some code to review, to like, you know, basically before they got on a phone call, they sent him a little challenge and they asked him to complete the challenge. So it wasn't so much an assessment as a way for the company to know roughly where he stands. And the code samples were in PHP (laughs) and he he totally got it wrong because he just thought the code was JavaScript because he hadn't really seen PHP yet. And even though he'd only got experience with JavaScript and even though he kind of bombed that part, to be honest, like he totally recovered, so it's okay and they still they still bought him on and kind of gave him a chance to learn php and then later wordpress and his first few weeks on the job, they really just, as a junior dev, they gave him a lot of room and support to learn WordPress and keep learning PHP, basically. Um, kind of kind of related to your question, but also just an opportunity to highlight that a lot of programming concepts are transferable. And so if you figure something out in one technology, i.e. WordPress, and you're applying for JavaScript jobs, there could be enough overlap there that it's worth mentioning. So yeah, hope that answers your question, Aslam. Please let us know.
1: Interesting question from Duck Who Flies. Should I give up my dream? being a freelance developer because i'm only a teenager and you have to be 16 to use linkedin can i still become a good freelance programmer i think so i mean you'd have to check the labor laws where you live Mm -hmm. if you're too young to work then i guess you should probably wait but it's definitely not too early to start learning to code and doing some projects on your own In terms of um, using LinkedIn, it's a very helpful tool, definitely, but it's not essential. Um, You can find maybe, for example, businesses in your local area that need a site or someone you know. Um, There's definitely ways around it. I don't think you should give up. Definitely not.
0: And fair play to you for coding at such an early age. I'm sure a lot of people here wish they got started as early as you did. So good for you.
1: Another question was, what do we mean? I can't remember who asked it now. It's a bit earlier. But what do we mean by um, cultural fit?
0: Oh, I saw that. that's a good question gosh, it's a really difficult one to answer actually. I would basically summarize it as like on the surface, what kind of vibe you have with the other people at the company? Like, do you get along well enough? Like, I think the way you described it actually wasn't bad at all. Like this, this, I think what you described was very much on the social side. I think it goes beyond that. Um, but as an answer to this question, it's not bad at all, which is that you might be the kind of person who likes reading books or playing board games rather than the person who wants to go to do karaoke every weekend. Like Frankly, though, most companies have a mix. But I think slightly beyond that, it's got to do with your attitude as a team member. Like, can you take feedback? Can you communicate well? Are you easygoing? Are you nice to spend time with? Maybe that's what culture fit um, really means is like, can they stand you all day, every day, every weekday for a long amount of time and can you can you work together? Um, there is also an element of thinking similarly. I don't think any company, at least any good company in my opinion, wants to hire a bunch of people who look and think the same because then you're just going to end up creating like a really bad boy band potentially, like you want some diversity of thoughts and people. That's the ambition. Um, but you know if you if you're working at maybe a startup or you're working at a corporate company, like I don't think I would be a good culture fit at Google, for example. Like if I went to a company like Google or Facebook, they they are very structured and there's a lot of process and like I'm someone who prefers to be creative and get to try different tasks and follow my interests and things like that. It doesn't mean that I'm bad and that I'm not good and I'll never get into those companies. It just means that I probably wouldn't be a good culture fit. Just using myself as an example there because it's not really a reflection of you necessarily. I wouldn't want to work there. I w- you might not think they're a good fit for you either, like it's a two-way street. Um, I don't know. That's that my first attempt at ever answering that question. How did I do?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's definitely important to consider whether they're right for you. So if you go to an interview and you get the feeling that it's a Wolf of Wall Street type of company, and you're really kind of calm and chilled out type of person, you probably won't have that good a time there. So it's about finding something that fits for you your personality, your
0: skills, and so on. Um, Danny mentioned about the attire and how Danny Thompson said he showed up to his first dev job in a suit and tie and everyone was in cargo shorts and a t-shirt. I think that's (laughs) another part of culture fit me. I, I don't know, it might not be the most indicative, but one tip is if you're ever going in for a job interview, go on their team page and their Twitter and their LinkedIn and try and see what people are wearing in pictures and try and copy that.
1: If they give you an idea in the interview of what to wear, then stick with that. Because um, Michael had an interview where they told him you don't have to be suited and booted. So he dressed, you know, casual. But then the, he later found out that the person who interviewed before him had ignored that advice and turned up in a suit. Oh, so they no. took <laughs> yeah, they took that to mean that this person can't really take direction. So just watch out for that. And if in doubt, I think it's fine to ask what kind of dress code do you prefer?
0: And, and yeah. I really want to reiterate, it goes both ways, because at one of my previous companies that i worked at there was really no dress code and people used to walk around barefoot i'm not even i mean maybe that's what you want to do so if so no no judgment here but i didn't personally like it very much so
2: basically it would be comfortable yeah There you go. Is it like, are you a mountain person or a beach person? And then you basically choose your culture fit of people that you want to work with.
0: Yeah, I just, like the thing is about dress and even what I just said, like they're kind of superficial examples. Like some people will judge you based on that. And that's kind of like, to be honest, that's part of it, isn't it? Like if they are judgmental then and you're someone who's not really in in the mood for that vibe, then you're probably not a good culture fit. Um, so yeah, it's just about compatibility, isn't it? Beyond the technical skills.
2: There's also like with the companies, um, some startups that you join, the culture fit might be that they say, oh, well, we work, um, we're okay with working overtime. And uh, like once I had an interview where a manager basically told me that we work minimum 50 hour weeks, um, which I'm not really familiar with like uh, wh- how it, how it works in other countries and stuff, but in the UK, that's very unusual. Uh, like anything above forty is uh, it's okay if you want to, but no one would ask you straight up to work more than forty hours in tech. So that there, there was like a differentiating culture fit because I value my outside of work time and I would prefer to not work 50 hours. Um, so there you go. You can, like, there's a more tangible example that uh, you can definitely take away with. Like, how, how long do you guys work here? And if they say, oh, we, we work like Elon Musk 100 hours a week mm. um, and then you can think for yourself, like, do I want to do that or not? If you are a type of person who wants to do that, then that would be a brilliant culture fit company for you. But if you like me for example then you will probably steer away for a company that will say uh, you know we value uh, the balance and so on uh, or for example like uh, also ask if you're a parent uh, then you can mm. ask uh, what about like taking time off during the middle of the day to do something uh, and just find the company that fits, fits your needs
0: I just want to point out you, you just made it really clear that we need more diversity on this panel, I think, because obviously as not being parents, like I mean, fair play to you about Kate, that was something you considered. But I'm sure there are probably other parts of being a cultural fit to do with gender and race and of and health and other such things that honestly, I'm just not well equipped to talk about, but I think are definitely worth considering.
1: What we can do for now is summarize by saying a quote I quite often hear. I can't remember who first said it to me. Maybe it was Danny Thompson? Someone on the live stream said, when you go to a job interview, it's definitely a two way thing. It's a bit like dating. You don't go to a date just hoping, oh, I really hope they like me. I really hope they like me. You're also thinking about whether you like them. At least you should be anyway.
0: I must be doing dating wrong.
1: (laughs) So definitely think, are they right for me? dating and encoding
0: what was the verdict then if you walked into a office and some people went were not wearing shoes like barefoot walking around is that a green light is that like you like cool or are you like i mm, not sure about this and what do you think in the chat i'm gonna have to say it might be the odd one out but i don't I'm, i don't vibe with it what do you all think
1: as long as i'm allowed to wear shoes i guess yeah it's yeah people can not if they want
2: Okay well I'll be controversial I say that's a red flag I don't like it there you go I, I'm not I'm not gonna haggle on one side or the other there you go if you have a problem with it let me
0: know the thing is I'll be honest like it was more or less <laughs> one guy and just nobody really wanted to be to confront. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just really quite a difficult there job to be like, hey mate, you got a wish, but I did. I, I went for this um, startup accelerator called TechStars in Boulder, Colorado, which, if you know about, is is quite um, liberal or something like lots of mountains and free, free, free going and stuff like that. And, and yeah, one of the offices right next door they had shoe racks, and so you would take your shoes off before you went in the office. I think Notion. Um, had a culture of that as well like they wanted their office to feel like a cozy home so they had rugs and you know they 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 encourage you to take your shoes off but yeah if there was outro music we'd play it now because this is this is the hour this is it this has been uh today's fireside chat on how to get a junior developer job with no experience um hopefully i think we stayed more or less on topic but we took a lot of direction and some amazing questions from the chat so to anybody who participated or even everybody who listened thank you so much it's so great to have you goodbye
2: see you Bye. Hello to everyone. Bye-bye.